You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. So there are some times when I have wonderful, wonderful guests on the show, but I have to tell you, this particular guest I am so excited about because we had what was supposed to be a very quick Zoom meeting on a Saturday turned into a two, two and a half hour meeting where she finally cut me off and said, hey, look, I got to go. You're fun, but I've had enough of you. (laughs) But thankfully, she wanted to come back on and talk for another hour on a podcast. Crazy girl. I want to welcome today my special guest, Cami Baker, who is the founder and CEO of Mingle to Millions, which is also the name of her book. And what a fantastic book. And of course, we'll have the link in our show notes for you. But let me introduce you to her because what you're going to learn today, in fact, I would say if you're starting to listen and you're riding your bike or you're working out or you're driving in your car, you're going to want to stop and you're going to want to take notes today. This is a note taking day. So let me introduce you to her. She is an HGTV House Hunters veteran. She was in on House Hunters, top 5% of realtors and mentored by the best in the real estate industry. Cami has leveraged her creative and innovative ways to see opportunity since she was a child. In fact, at eight years old, she was selling gum to her classmates <laughs> at a 500% profit, which is pretty cool. Except back then it was probably pennies on the dollar right now compared to how it is now. But fast forward 40 years and her lead generating mindset has gotten her in success from Home Magazine, hosting a TV show, being a radio personality, and speaking hundreds of times to audiences of anywhere from 10 to 30,000 people in attendance. She was a real estate agent for many, many years. She was very successful and she's going to tell us what she accomplished in 30 days, which is why you want to take notes. That was one of those moments like a puppy dog where you go, huh? ride. We're going to go on a ride. We're going to go on a walk. Perked her your ears up. And she says that there are three specific skills that 95%, 95% of real estate professionals don't understand how to leverage. And she's going to share that with us today. And we're not going to give away all the secrets because she's got a gift for us that you're going to have to go and get to get all of her secrets, but that'll give you at least a start. So Cami, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We had two different people tell us we needed to get together and boy, were they right. We spent two and a half hours doing it. Yeah, (laughs) I know. It was great. And so remind me who they were. It was Melanie, right? And she's been on my show. So you can go listen to her podcast and maybe we'll put that link here as well. And who else introduced us? I can't remember who else. Emerald Greenforce. Oh, that's right. Emerald. And so she was on our podcast. I was on her podcast. So podcast world is really great for introducing us to unbelievable, powerful people. And just always blessed that I had that opportunity. And I know you do as well. So let's get started. One of the things that I want to talk to you about is thinking back on a time in your early years, that interesting story or some difficult time that you went through that really created and shaped who you are today. 
You know, when I first got into real estate, I answered an ad in the newspaper and I share in my book, the newspaper is the internet and print for those of you who don't know what those are. And when I answered that ad and started working at this real estate office, there was a woman there whose name was Joan. And one day she came in and she said, Hey, I've got this suit that I've outgrown. Would you like to try it on? And I said, absolutely. Now, Keep in mind, I was selling gum to kids when I was eight years old and I had owned several different businesses. At this point, I'm 30 years old and I had just gotten into real estate, but I also had just gotten sober and I wasn't dressing as professionally as I could have. Mm. And so I go in the bathroom and I try on this suit and I love this suit and I wore it for many years. But when Joan gave me this suit that she said she outgrew, about six months later, I had gone on literally hundreds of listing appointments by now. I'd had closings. I had more suits and had a lot more confidence. And about six months after she gave me that suit, she said, there's something I need to share with you. She said, you know that red suit I gave you? I said, of course, Joan, I wear it all the time. Thank you. She said, well, I didn't really outgrow it. I could see that you needed a suit. So I bought it for you. And I bought it from the Salvation Army for $3 off the sales rack. Wow. And we hugged and we laughed and we cried. And at the time, I didn't know that this was going to become such a big part of my story. But fast forward, I actually wrote about it in the book about how it's not what you wear, it's how you wear it. You don't have to have thousands of dollars to do your career. Like there was a woman that was my assistant and she had all the excuses in the world. I don't have enough money for nice clothes or a car all the things that you have, Cammie. And I stopped one day and I shared this story with her and I said, splurge and spend $20 at the Salvation Army and get you a nice outfit. But so many people want to have the right suit. So then they'll do the job and then they'll be successful. But this story helps to show we need to be be what it is that you want to be so that you'll do what that person would do and have what they would have. Yeah, I love that story. And, you know, it reminds me of Les Brown. He has a great quote about the fact that you don't have to be successful to start. You have to start to be successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's the epitome of it right there, you know, your story. So how do you think that shaped you now today? Because obviously that touched your heart, that touched you very deeply. And I know that you've passed that along to other people, but how is that shaping what you are doing right now in your business? There are so many life lessons from that, from her giving me that suit and her having the wisdom to see the little tweak that I needed. If she had told me, hey, I got this suit for you from the Salvation Army. It was only $3. Want to try it on? (laughs) I would have been embarrassed. I would have been humiliated. And so not only was she brilliant enough to not tell me that, but she also was smart enough that six months later, she knew that I was confident enough that she could tell me and that we could laugh about it. So it's been really a transformational thing every day in my life. And how I coach and train people, I say, you know, there's just that one little tweak just a tweak that you need. The same thing that Joan saw in me is the same thing that I see in people. What's that one little thing that we can do that will make all the difference in the world? Yeah, I love it. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I hope that resonates with other people. And I know you mentioned it in your book, but I'm actually thinking, wow, from a red suit to whatever, there's a story there as well and how that changes everybody's lives and stuff. So I want to talk to you about what we really wanted to talk about here today is 
these three key points on who to talk to, to build your business, what to say to them and how to say it. And, you know, having been in the industry where you were a real estate agent, you now coach realtors. I was a lender and I coach lenders now. So we're in kind of a weird situation right now. And I don't want to always bring up coronavirus in all my podcasts because at some point later, it's going to be important. But I think this has been a long-term problem. This isn't something that has to do with virtual world. This is a long-term problem that people have is wanting deeper, better quality relationships, always using the words, I want to give value, but not really understanding what does that truly, truly mean? What does it mean to really have deeper relationships? And what does it mean to really, truly give value? So let's dive in this in whatever capacity and way you want to do this, the who to talk to, to build your business. And I think you're probably going to say, well, I'm going to step back and talk about something else first before we go into the who. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you are. (laughs) The who, the what, and the how. I started teaching this when the third time I came into real estate, I have squirrel syndrome. What? Shiny bright object? (laughs) And so I'll go do something else, network marketing and other businesses. But the third time I came into real estate, I did what I knew to do best, actually talk to people who own property and have a desire to sell it. Imagine that. So for four (laughs) months, I called and door knocked for expires and for sale by owners, et cetera. And in January of 2014, I took 10 listings in a 30-day period in January with three feet of snow in New England. Yeah. And from there, I started teaching who to talk to, what to say, and how to say it from the perspective of the 20-plus sources of sizzling hot sellers. During my career, who were all these property owners that I talked to, from expireds and for sale by owners to vacant property, just listed, just sold, dumpster diving, which I call stopping at a property that has a dumpster outside where they're remodeling. (laughs) That's good. And for rent by owners, right, too? Because I know that's a source that I get my properties from. For rent by owners and also non-owner occupieds, which is one that I got my biggest commission check from, which is what I'm teaching right now during coronavirus. And we'll talk about that. But that's when I first started saying, you need to know who to talk to, but then you also need to know what to say and how to say it. But to your point, it's not just about those 20 plus sources of property owners. It's also thinking through who do you want to communicate and connect and collaborate with not just property owners, but mortgage and title and insurance and the local dojo and the coffee shop. Like as a real estate agent or a mortgage person or an insurance person, who really think that through? Who do you want to talk to? And then when you think about who they are, what are you going to say and how are you going to say it? Right. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, I know that that's extremely important. And some of the things that you and I've talked about and everyone's heard on this podcast is I'm a believer in niche to grow rich. And when you talk to everybody, you're talking to nobody. It's all white noise. And it's more important to niche that down and really know who is your client. And so let's talk about that for a second. Not about the who right now, but why is it that people are so apprehensive about niching down into two or three specialties and expertise for <laughs> becoming an expert in it. That's okay. Everybody who listens to this podcast know I do a lot of Bushisms, <laughs> right? And uh, I have my own feelings on it, but I want to hear yours. Why do you think people are so apprehensive about niching down and really isolating down into a target market? 
I love to alliterate. It helps me remember yeah. things. Yeah. And so one of my alliterations is, I'm not sure if it's ignorance or arrogance. In other words, a lot of people that I talk to, a real estate agent, who's your niche market? I can sell, help anybody sell. Anybody. <laughs> but when you try to be everything to everyone, you're nothing to no one, to your right. point. I think, first of all, there's ignorance. They yeah. don't know that they need to niche. They're just throwing a bunch of, you know what, on the wall and hoping some of it sticks. So when I work with a whole office or a whole company, if there's a hundred agents in there, every one of them has a different niche of who they really want to play with. So for example, one of my favorite stories of this is a woman that I was doing this diaper drive for an organization that helped women who are coming off opioids. And she said, well, how can I use this to build my business? And I said, who do you want to get in front of? And she said, I want to get in front of those people that are late 20s, early 30s. They own a house. They've got kids. Kids are getting bigger. Time to sell and buy. Perfect. Beautiful. Now that I know what her niche is, we'll share throughout the podcast how I shared with her how to get in front of hundreds and thousands of them. Right. And I love that. And I do know that story and I know how it turns out. So it'll be interesting (laughs) for people to connect with you so they can know how that story turns out because it's pretty powerful. And you're right. I think it's an arrogance or an ignorance. And I also think it's, you know, you've become a realtor, you become a loan officer. For a loan officer, it used to be, here's some rate sheets, go deliver the rate sheets with donuts. For realtors, it's here's a phone, start calling people, right? And I think that because it was cast as a big net back then, and it's just, been passed down from generation to generation of people. And I think for me, I think it is living in scarcity versus abundance. I think that people think that when I hone in on one thing, it's a scarcity mentality rather than an abundance of mentality of attracting clients and becoming a magnet as opposed to chasing clients. Well, and back to the whole ignorance versus arrogance. I can tell blonde jokes because I'm blonde and I can talk about ignorance because God knows I've been very ignorant in my life. So when people just, they don't know that they should niche or they're arrogant and that, well, I can serve everyone. Everyone needs my services. So whichever way it goes, the fact is to your point, it is, it's a scarcity mindset of, well, if I niche down, what if I don't help that group or that group or that group? Well, the fact is you're not helping any of those groups anyway, (laughs) because you're not niched enough to actually do something, take action. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree when it comes to selecting a realtor, selecting a mortgage company, there's thousands of people out there and everybody knows a ton of realtors. Everyone knows a ton of loan officers. When you niche and you say that your specialty is something, you know, for example, and I know we'll be talking about this for in a few minutes, one of my niches was investor loan right? And I focused on doing investor loans. And that was, so I was known for that. And which is part of my passion. I think that one of the things we need to focus on, we talk about the who is the passion that you have to serve them. Is that correct? Rather than, hey, Sarah works with high-end clients, so I should work with high-end clients. Well, yeah, you, you want to work with who really turns you on and really think about that. So when I was in real estate, I love working with business owners. Business owners have always been people that I resonate with, that I can have an intelligent conversation with. So even as a real estate agent, I prefer to work with business owners because, you know, so many people would say, well, you're in real estate. You must work on the weekends and at night a lot. And I said, no, I have 15 or 20 listings and all the buyer's agents are working at night on the weekend showing my property because I would make phone calls during the day when I could reach 
business owners and I could meet with them anytime during the day because they were a business owner. So really honing in on who your people are will make you 10 times more money. Yeah. You know what I really love about what you just said is the importance of, and of course, this is what I really coach on and really hone in on is having a lifestyle business, right? Is being able to serve your passion, but being able to do it in a way that you can still enjoy your life. So what would you say to someone who's struggling with determining the who? What are your suggestions? Just very quickly, you know, if someone's going, I still don't know who my who is or who my niche is, what are some strategies that you might be able to give them? I just ask them simple questions like if you could fill your day planner up with a specific kind of person, what does he or she look like? How old are they? Like really envision someone that you see yourself sitting down and you're signing a listing contract and what house are you sitting in? What do they do for work? Really think about who would you pick? And you know what? So many people will tell you, well, I don't want this and I don't want that. Yeah. But what do you want? What do you want? Really key in on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, when I was doing loans, doing lending, um, I would say to clients, it's not a process of selection. It's a process of elimination. We eliminate what you can't do or what you're not qualified for. And that really shines a light on what we can do. So Maybe that's a strategy too, is thinking about what you don't want. You don't want to be in doing condos and apartments and in dark garages at night doing listing appointments, right? You want to be in a nice neighborhood or whatever it may be, you know, because I'm from the country. I don't have that kind of confidence to be in the city in the middle of the night by myself walking around, you know? So I think that that's a great strategy. What's another strategy that you might think would be good for identifying your who as it relates to, because that's soft skills that we just talked about, as it relates to hard skills? Well, the who can be what kind of clients you're wanting to get in front of, but also who do you want to collaborate with? Mm -hmm. So like the woman who wants to have that client that's selling and buying that has young children. Who are some of the businesses that those people are already doing business with that you can collaborate with to create, uh, you know, getting exposure? So all of the dojos, the karate places, the dance studios, all these orthodontists and pediatrician, like those are the who too that already have your ideal client. You can partner with them and create such a collaboration that you're in front of thousands of your ideal clients. Love it. And I know you're going to talk about that in the how. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Okay. So what do we say to them? What do we say to these people that we want to have as our avatar, so to speak? You know, I'm sure that you hear people all day long asking you, well, what do I say when they say this? What, what, what? What do I say when we talk about rates, et cetera? I would really say, take a step back and take a look at who are you being? So in the who, it's also who are you being? In this version of collaboration, are you showing up as a contribution? Are you showing up as a partner? Are you showing up as someone who's confident that they want to do business with? Because, you know, to your point, everybody knows eight or 10 or 18 realtors. So how can a realtor have a unique sales proposition in what they are saying to these folks? Like looking at the different words that we're using, for example, the difference between sponsorship versus collaboration, right? You know, are you asking people to sponsor 
Are you inviting them to collaborate? So that's one of the what's that we can say. Yeah, I love that. And I know you're going to talk about that more. You know, I learned that from you when we had just our conversation together is, you know, and I use the collaborative all the time. I have collaborative partners. I use that all the time. But it seems like they've always gone into more of a sponsorship role because I'm the one who's doing all the work. And they're not contributing, right? And so I I love that you're saying, you know, inviting them in to be a collaborator with you. And so if you're listening to this and you're a realtor or lender, think about that relationship too. Inviting your lender to collaborate with you to grow your business. Inviting your real estate agent to collaborate with you lenders to grow your practice and maybe others too, title companies, et cetera, rather than just saying, hey, let's sponsor this. Can you help me on Zoom or uh, Zillow? Can you help me sponsor? Sponsor a broker open or an open house, but maybe there's a better way because I'll be honest with you, because I had so much success in my business, I did not do broker opens and open houses. I didn't do them because I thought that they were a waste of my time. I felt that realtors were users and only wanted my money and my food and my a drawing, <laughs> right? My drawing. And I never felt that that was worth my time except for my top, top realtors, those that I already had collaborated with. So um, I think you bring out a really, really good point. And I think that it requires an adult conversation between two business partners to really hone in on this. Well, that's why you mentioned at the beginning that 95% of realtors and mortgage and any entrepreneur and business owners aren't really thinking far enough ahead. They're asking you to sponsor because that's what they've heard. That's what they've been taught. That's the language they've learned. But that, and that's why 95% of people aren't stepping into this. So when you show up, isn't it true that people treat us the way that we teach them to treat us? In other words, if we step into a conversation begging with a handout for sponsorship, that's how the relationship goes. When we tweak how we're showing up and talk about, I don't want a sponsor. I want a collaboration partner. Because sponsorship is very passive. You give me $500 for the lunch at the broker open house, and I agree to advertise you at the broker open house. Well, that's passive. It's not collaborative. When we learn how to actually collaborate and promote one another leading up to that broker's open house and in many different ways, now we're teaching people how we want to be treated. I love it. I love it. And it's a strategy that I've used all of my career in collaboration. And I only worked with people that collaborated with me, period, end of story. And that's what I teach my clients now, you know, is you don't work with people that are takers. You work with people that are givers that are engaging with you on a regular basis. And that's how we work together. But there's little things that you're saying that are aha moments for me as well. And that's what I love about being a podcast host is I learn every single podcast. (laughs) So for me, it's a way for me to do life learning. And I hope that those that are listening and watching are doing the same thing. Okay, so let's move on to how to say it, how to say what it is we want to say. So we've said, you know, now I've got a target market. I know what I'm going to say to them now that I want to collaborate with them, that I'm here to serve them, that I'm here to help their business grow. How do we say that? How do we do this without coming in and feeling like we're leaning in and showing up and throwing up with all this information? Showing up and throwing up. I love that. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) Okay. When we talk about the who and the what and the how, the how is 95% of it. 
because with the who, I've got the 20 plus sources of sizzling hot sellers and I'm happy to share with anybody. I made these fun little videos about all these different types of property owners. The what could be scripts, et cetera, but the how is really the crux of the matter from, from how we are showing up you know, what energy are we putting out to what is our body language? Like, how are we saying it? And I say all the time, typing and sending an email or a text or a post on Facebook is better than nothing, but our voice is better than typing and nothing beats face-to-face human interaction, whether it's a video, a video chat, or good old-fashioned hand-to-hand combat, getting in front of someone. So the how has to do with how you are presenting from your body language and your tonality in your words to how you're physically doing it. Are you hiding behind an email or are you picking up the phone the way God intended or are you going out and shaking hands, but, but not walking in with a rate sheet, you know, not walking in with a listing sheet. So another alliteration is set intention, pay attention, create the retention of the resources, relationships, and revenue. And that's all part of the how too. setting the intention. So say it again, set intention, set intention, right. Pay attention, pay attention, create retention. Yep. Got it. Of the resources, relationships, and revenue. I love that. I love, I love that. I talk about this all the time with people is whether you're nurturing or neglecting. I mean, we're all alliteration the two of us, whether you're nurturing or neglecting, you know, those that are your database and your community, right? And that really kind of boils down into it. Set intention, pay attention and create retention. When you hear or see that someone just had a child and you pick up the phone and say, hey, congratulations, I saw you had it rather than, oh, that's cool. I saw they had a kid, right? It's really paying attention and having that reason to call. And uh, I think that's really cool. I absolutely love that. So I want to kind of move into the seven keys of collaboration to unlock resources, relationships, and revenue. And I know that you also say resources plus relationships equals revenue. That's something you say as well. And because we don't have time on a podcast to go through all seven, let's talk about one of those key strategies that you think would be resonating with a loan officer and or a realtor who's listening here today. So the seven keys all start with P's. Okay. (laughs) Of course they do. (laughs) And I can pick any one of them, but I feel called to talk about the promoting aspect. Okay. Got it. Promoting between each other and promoting out in the marketplace. So for example, if we have a flyer for an event that's coming up and we are going to walk into a mortgage office or a coffee shop or a conversation on LinkedIn set intention. So let's say we're walking into a coffee shop, local place where the mortgage person, the real estate agent, and all their ancillary businesses are there having meetings. And you would really like to create retention of resources and relationships with the coffee shop owner that meets 18 realtors and mortgage people a week, but you want to be the one that stands out. So when you set intention, all right, I've got this flyer. I'm going to walk in here the biggest problem that I see people have is how they're showing up. So we're setting intention to walk in with that flyer so we can create some resources and relationships. Pay attention Mm -hmm. to your body language and your language. People walk in there and say something like, Hey, 
is it okay if we hang a flyer? Would you be willing to let <laughs> right, us promote right. here? I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing this at a Starbucks that I got, used to go to before coronavirus, right? I'm visualizing all the little things up there and watching people timidly put them up. People will talk to me all the time. Yeah. Oh, Cammie, you'd be so proud of me. I brought a flyer to the coffee shop and put it on the board. They'll take a picture of it on the board. <laughs> and I say, that's great, but who did you talk to? Oh, no, I, I'm afraid to do that. <laughs> right? Because people get so focused on, in this situation, let's say we're doing a car show, which is how I started doing all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. My car shows for seven years in a row. Yeah, sure, you're promoting the car show. You put the flyer up, but did you pay attention to your body language and your tonality and what right. you were saying? And were you showing up as a leader? Were you asking that coffee shop person if they would like to collaborate, did you pull your phone out and actually do a Facebook Live while you were there and introduce Bob, the coffee shop owner, and let everybody know that Bob's participating and collaborating with us on this car show, and we love to come to Bob's coffee shop. And by the way, there's a box here where you can donate food for our food drive, blah, blah, blah. Did you pay attention to how you're creating the retention of this relationship. And when you do that Facebook live with Bob at his coffee shop on his feed and his thousand followers see that, guess who they see? They see you. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. I love that. And I know that also you have a whole process that happens behind this. It's not just stopping there. And what I love about what you're talking about is something I refer to as dot, dot, dot. Because we have a tendency to say, you know, I called them. In fact, I was just talking. I'm going to share this too. I was just talking to a client of mine yesterday and she called a client. Finally got up there. I said, you can do it. <laughs> right? Called the client and asked the client, you know, who's managing your mortgage? And the person said, well, I don't have anybody managing my mortgage because my lender abandoned me or orphaned me. And so she's adopting their mortgage, right? To manage it after closing. And because most loan officers sell rates sell products, never show up at closing, never to be heard from again, which by the mm -hmm. way is the same thing for realtors, <laughs> right? They don't follow up afterwards and retain like you're saying. So she called and she said, Hey, you know, so who's managing your mortgage? And they said, you know, nobody is. And she said, well, I'd love to manage it. And they said, okay, great. And she was all excited, you know, that she was going to give her timely updates and do annual reviews with her, et cetera. And then she hung up, she hung up the phone and, and she said, Jen, you'd be so proud of me. I did that. And I said, great. Same thing. I said, did you ask them who their original realtor was and who's managing their real estate? Oh, no. Well, I didn't do that. And she said, but I know that they bought from a builder, right? And I go, okay. And she goes, so that's, they're probably not managing it. And she literally, because we were on Zoom, she literally, they're probably not managing it. Like, I'm done. I'm done with it. And I said, what about calling the builder? Or if that builder is not managing any of those, why not get one of your partners, one of your top realtors and get them into that builder neighborhood from the backside of it after everybody's closed and said, hey, we're here to manage your mortgage and your real estate, dot, dot, dot. What if it wasn't that? What if it was somebody that the person says, hey, it's a realtor. Yeah, um, but they retired. They're no longer in real estate. Hey, well, that's really good. I have a realtor that I could introduce you to to help manage your real estate, right? And it's dot, dot, dot. And I think that a lot of people don't think beyond. And I love what you're saying because you're saying it's not enough just to do the flyer. It's, and then what? And now what? So many people have blinders on. So, yeah. for example, you mentioned for rent by owners earlier. Yeah. Yep. When I coach someone to call a for rent by owner, 
they say, but I don't want to list rentals. I don't want to list leases. And I say, wow, wow. (laughs) Like your particular activator is not very Uh activated. If you have a phone number of someone who is renting property, guess what? They're an investor. And whether they want to sell that product, because you're calling them to say, hey, you know what? I've seen this ad for the last three years. Are you ready to dump the tenants' trash and toilets? Like, if you talk to them about listing and they say, no, actually, I've got 28 properties and this is what I do full time. I love it. Awesome. They're a buyer. Put them on your buyer list. Ask them what they look for. Because if you're making 50 or 100 calls a day, and by the way, when I coach and train, you don't have to do any cold calling. There's many different strategies that have nothing to do with cold calling. But if you do want to call property owners, think outside the box of adding them to your buyer's list. Or when I talk about if you see a dumpster outside of a property, they might be cleaning it out because grandma died and now they're going to sell it or maybe they're rehabbing it because they're going to sell it. People will say, well, might be rehabbing it because they live there. Well, yeah, there's roofers and contractors and flooring (laughs) persons and electricians that are there. When there's a dumpster there, there are resources and relationships and we all need all of those resources to lead to the revenue. Yeah, absolutely. And you never know what those contractors might be working on a different flip, right? A different renovation that could lead to something as well. And I totally agree with you on that. I think people are just so focused on one thing. And and again, I, I keep saying it's handed down from generations, but we're talking about business generations. It's just handed down that way. And I love your new way of thinking. And I think that this is, especially this time while we're doing, we're all in COVID and we're all kind of together. One of the things that I really love about the excitement of this is that once we're released from being quarantined, the question is going to be whether or not people have procrastinated or whether or not they have prepared, right? Mm. Are they preparing to go out and just kill it? And we don't want to take advantage of people. That's not the whole point here, but but we do have to look out for ourselves. It's just like putting your mask on before you can help other people. We have to make sure our business is very solid so that we can go out and help other people because we're going to find people that are looking for opportunities like investors. This is going to be a great time to buy, but we're also looking for people that need our guidance and help when they're in financial crisis. So what are some of the thoughts that you have? If someone's listening to this, stop talking, take action, get results, because that's what I always say, right? But what is the take action that you want to leave with everybody here today? I love that you talk about how things have been passed down from generation to generation. We just don't know what we don't know. And that includes with network. I want to share the difference between skunk, squirrel, shark, and spider. Oh, I love this. I love it. (laughs) But to answer your question right now, one of the best things that they can do is, to your point, lots of properties getting ready to exchange hands, whether people are fear-based and getting rid of stuff or whether they're not making their mortgage payment and they have to get rid of it, or whether they're an investor and they were prepared and they got plenty of cash. Or whether they don't like their house, which is what you and I talked about not too long ago. My husband's experiencing people that are saying, I've been stuck in this house and I realize it's not my forever home. I got to get out. True that. So, you know, when we talk about the who, whether you are wanting to list high-end property or whether you're wanting to list investment property. And I know there's a lot of buyer's agents out there too. I just really focus on listing. Mm-hmm. Thank God I was taught how to be a listing agent. Right. And right. any agent I talk to, when I say, who's your ideal client? And they talk about buyers. By the time I explain to them listing, they usually shift. And when I explain to them why I love expireds, 
they even start calling expires, but that's another conversation. So right now who people can be calling are the non-owner occupieds. It's such an easy conversation. I work with a company called Red X that provides the phone numbers and the emails, and they're getting ready to start being able to text property oh, owners, which nice. I'm not supposed to say. Shh. By the time this gets released, they will already have done it. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> you can call someone who is a non-owner occupied. You can put a pen in a neighborhood that is known to be a bunch of investment properties and Red X will pull in 30 seconds. All the property owners, you can say, I only want to talk to people who've owned property for five years or 10 years or 20 years plus, and it'll filter out. Yeah. And you can call those property owners. You can say, hey, listen, I see that you own several properties. Some people are liquidating. Some people are adding to their portfolio. I'm just curious which one you are. Yeah, I love that. You know, I used to do a seller series when after the credit crisis, right? A lot of sellers were upside down on their values. And when they finally had enough equity and they were starting to sell, they had no idea what they were going to experience in the mortgage space because now we don't have HUDs, we have CDs. Now we don't have, you know, we have timelines. We have all these things that we have to abide by. And so I say, well, let's do a seller series to help educate them on what to be prepared for in this new era. And I see that as being an opportunity right now for to collaborate for mortgage lenders and realtors and title companies to collaborate on that, seek out specific criteria in neighborhoods, whether you're using Red X or using a title company to get that and do a series that says, okay, you're going to be a seller in this new market. What's it going to look like, right? No matter what the market is, whether it's a hot market for expires or for sale by owners or non-owner occupied or vacant or whatever it is, to your point, when the tribe kills a buffalo, everybody eats. Right. So, <laughs> so when you find everybody. one property, yeah. the mortgage person, the home inspector, yes. the landscaper, the electrician, right. the stager, everybody can come together and participate in that one property. So sometimes I'll teach a whole tribe of all these different ancillaries to come together and prospect together. Because how powerful is that? Yeah. The mortgage right. person is making the calls. Now the agent gets a listing and the home inspector gets a deal. Yay. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a win, 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 win. It's just, it goes on forever and ever. It has been absolutely wonderful having you on here, Cami, today. And I always like to ask everyone one of two things, either a quote that is a montage for you that's resonating with you right now, or a book that you're reading that is impacting you. Mm, good one. So I'm going to leave everybody hanging with, are you a skunk, a squirrel, a shark, or a spider? <laughs> that's right. Because that's a really powerful thing. And the one thing that I've been thinking of a lot lately is for me with this coronavirus and everything happening that were, came out of left field, the more I know, the more I know I don't know, and the more I know I need to know. Yeah. So always being a consummate student and teacher. The more I know and the more I deliver to other people, the more I know I need to know. And the yeah. more I know I want to know because the more I know, the more I can share. A mentor of mine has always said to me, baby bird bites, Cammie. Uh, uh, uh. Get the bites. Right. Uh, uh, uh. Give it down. Like Get it in, get it down, pass it around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think it builds confidence too. You know, I spoke on a seminar or a webinar yesterday with 
a little over a hundred realtors talking about what's going on in the marketplace, just helping them understand what's happening rather than consumption of negative news, right? And just helping them understand that. And the whole goal was to turn them from a worrier into a warrior, right? Mm-hmm. And us and our alliterations are hilarious. I've got hundreds of them, but really turning you from a worrier into a warrior. And, and the way that happens is through knowledge and knowledge builds that confidence to be able to go talk to your community. And I think that that's what's happened right now is so many people are so fearful about talking to their clients. They don't know what to say. They don't really understand it themselves. And so they're not reaching out. They're being ostriches and putting their head in the sand. And my goal, and thank God for having you on here too, is to get everyone up and get them excited and get them to, you know, since you said car show, my husband's a semi-pro drag racer, get them to that line where they're ready to go when the light turns green get prepped, get ready to go. So I want to say thank you so much. So now if someone heard you and said, I have to get in touch with her. She's going to make my business change. You know, just one closing will pay for your coaching. That's Mm -hmm. the bottom line, right? So how do they get in touch with you? What is the best way? I'm real. I'm raw. I'm relatable and I'm reachable. Cammie (laughs) Baker, CammieBaker.com, Cammie at CammieBaker.com and being a business person, I actually give my cell phone number, 603-785-2598. So say that again so that if someone's taking notes, they don't have to rewind. 603-785-2598. And whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, email, phone, carrier pigeon or smoke signal, (laughs) I'm easy to find. That's awesome. And I know you have a wonderful gift for us that everyone can get. And we'll have the link here as well. And I know it's CammieBaker.com forward slash free. And it is the seven keys of collaboration to unlock relationships and revenue. She talked about one. And just with that one, you can make an impact and a difference in your business. So I want to say thank you again for providing your wisdom to us here today. And it's wonderful getting to know you. And I know that we've got a lot coming up. In fact, if you're listening in, God willing, I'm going to be having my next workshop in September in San Diego, and Cammie's going to be there. She's going to be one of our speakers. I am so excited to have her come and participate, and I think I'm going to be having a retreat as well in September here at my home in Northern Virginia, and I think Cammie's going to try to make it to that as well. So you want to get more of this, get in touch with Cammie immediately, and hopefully we'll see you at one of the workshops or retreats as well. So thank you, Cammie for being with us today. What an honor. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. So again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. If it's your first time, hopefully this was like, wow, that was great information. Go listen to the other podcasts as well, the other episodes. And if this is your 15th or 100th time, or I guess we're going to be like up somewhere around 250 episodes. Thank you so much for continuing to support me and to continue to come in. And don't forget that we have a great membership of Mortgage Lending Mastery that takes you behind the scenes and beyond the podcast. We'd love to have you a part of that community as well. And we will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, 
free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.